This podcast features three supposed adults who definitely use adult language. They're also supposedly writers who are definitely not procrastinating by making this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. to No Bad Ideas, the storytelling game show where we take the worst ideas from the internet and try to turn them into stories that are actually good. My name is Gabriel Urbina and I am your first Bad Ideas host. My name is Sarah Shackett, I'm your second Bad Ideas host. And my name is Zach Valenti, your third Bad Ideas host. Zach, I like what you did with the very top of the intro today. That had some, like, picante in it. It was very good. Muy caliente. Uh, not recommended for children. <laughs> Keep it advice. Yeah, yeah we're not stressed enough, guys. This is not a show for children. Oh, my God. <laughs> for anyone who might be joining us for the first time, this is No Bad Ideas, the show where we, um, well, we just find some bad ideas that people had, just some, like, bad concepts, some ill-conceived things. And then we pretend that we're like old-timey screenwriters from Warner Brothers circa 1932, and Jack Warner just burst into our offices and slapped down the bad idea on our desk. And I went, I want this to be the next picture. You got to get me a script pitch for how we're going to turn this into a great movie that's going to win these newfangled things, them Oscars I've heard so much about. And so that's what we try to do. We try to come up with um, good pitches from bad ideas. I have the first one, which I have to admit, it's one of the funnier things I've read recently in a in a purely uh -huh. schadenfreude kind of a way. So the bad idea might be the lack of institutional support, but this is just too fun and I think has too All many right. comedic possibilities cool, 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 for cool, me cool. not to bring it to y'all. Uh, so this, this comes from, this article uh, comes from Newsweek, newsweek.com. Okay. Newsweek, love it. And, and the headline is phenomenal. Uh, so I will read it to you. Uh -huh. Catholic exorcists say that they are overloaded with possessed people. Study finds. Wow. <laughs> uh, just too many, just too, too many possessions. Oh my God. So burnout does not discriminate across professions, guys, according it's to a, a new survey of Catholic <laughs> exorcists who say that they feel overworked and undersupported. My God. A survey of 120 Italian exorcists by the, I'm going to try and get this right, Pontifical Athenaeum Regina Apostolorum, a Vatican-approved right. university in Rome, uh, found that they were overwhelmed by a growing number of possessed people. Researcher Giuseppe Frau said that some exorcists were seeing 30 to 50 cases a day, according wow. to the Times of London. Dang, son. There are... Fun fact, 290 exorcists in Italy, the study said. Exorcists told researchers that they experienced little support from bishops while attempting to free Catholics from possess, from professed demonic possession. They also appealed for more aid from psychologists to help them sift between the genuinely possessed and the mentally ill. One priest, Father Giuseppe Bernardi, sought help from psychologists over a hysterical young woman who jumped over pews, assaulted monks, and insulted them in several languages, including Latin, according to the Times. The woman's father said she suffered from a psychiatric problem, but her mother believed that she was possessed. 
Bernardi said he reached out to psychologists on his own without support from the church. He ultimately sided with the mother and performed a nine-hour exorcism on the woman in December, which was reported as successful. Wow. Participants in the Vatican University study claimed that satanic possession could be distinguished by signs, including vomiting, unusual physical strength, and a sudden capacity to speak ancient languages such as Latin, Hebrew, or Aramaic. Incredible. That is what I have for you. The the crunch um, and unglamorous work of exorcists in Italy. I'm going to put 10 minutes on a timer. Have fun. Okay, okay, okay. So here's here's the pitch. So we open on a small island in the Hudson River. Uh-huh, and on uh-huh. the small island, there's a village. And in this village, there is a church mm-hmm. that has always been the people in charge of the exorcisms for this little town, mm-hmm. excuse me, this little village mm-hmm. in this uh, in this little uh, uh, river island. But then a new priest moves in across the square from where they live. And he's a new glamorous priest. And so suddenly he's taking all of the no all right this has been um i'm gonna stop pitching this because why are you denying tom crowley work gabrielle (laughs) no i was going to say like once this is over i need to go pitch this to david k barnes so that he can write it um no listen to wooden overcoats wooden overcoats great podcast great podcast it exists um no so you know so here's the thing that comes to mind with me for this i remember uh, I have no idea how true this is, but this is a thing that I read in a book many a year ago, and it sounded true at the time, so I'm going to guess that it's mostly fact-based. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about what are the odds of getting possessed by a demon, or at least of believing that you are going to be possessed by a demon, uh, which at the time was very low. It seems that nowadays it might be higher. Um, but at the end of it, they did make a point of if you do think that you are possessed by a demon, Go Catholic, because like Catholics, they've got a system for exorcism. Like, you know, there's like Latin chanting, there's incense, there's like, you know, like a lot of like custom ritual to it. Exactly. Like there's a book where say like a more Pentecostal exorcism often involves um, a certain amount of making the demon leave by making the body no longer a suitable host by, say, trampling all over the patient. Um, And so they were kind of like, you know, like, please, like, you know, if you think that you're possessed by a demon, get a Catholic exorcism. Don't, like, fuck around with, like, the other ones. God forbid you should be caught Buddhist. I know, I know. know. But yeah, but like, what if, you know, because they're so overworked and so overwhelmed, the Catholic Church starts subcontracting to other faiths to perform their exorcisms. Oh no, man, this is how we heal the schism. That's right, baby, yeah. (laughs) We really truly are in the back chapters of the Bible right now and I hate it. Um, Yes, yes. I no, like this it. is this is this is what was trying to be revealed in Revelations, and it's not great. <laughs> um, I like that. I like that. I I'm trying to think of like because there's been so much infighting among Christian denominations. I'm curious if in your mind it's like they finally have to bury the hatchet with the Lutherans, or it's like okay, Jews, come over here. Well, I'm. It, it, it kind of depends on how bad the crisis is. Sure. Like you know, it sort of depends, and I imagine that like the main character is 
not necessarily the priest that is doing the exorcism, but perhaps the administrative clerk mm. that is in charge of, you know, the 1-800-exorcism, you know, line that the Catholic Church has set up, where if you think you're possessed by a demon, call this number and we'll hook you up. Right. All of a sudden it's, you know, we have 20 guys and we need to do 400 exorcisms a day. Like, what do you want me to do? Um, and yeah, and I imagined that like at first it would be like, okay, so, you know, Father Carlos is not strictly speaking a Catholic, but he's like only one schism removed from us. He's basically a Roman Catholic. He's an like, Anglican. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as demand keeps going up and then like, you know, and I imagine that at a certain point they like really get into trouble because like, you know, Beyonce gets an exorcism or Taylor Swift gets an exorcism uh -huh, or someone uh -huh. very famous does it and like Instagram lives it. And then like, you know, everyone wants to get an exorcism. And that's when it really is kind of like, you know, wanted men of God, um, God like, you know, definition of God mutable um, <laughs> <laughs> flexibility on God. Oh, yes. Um, the Catholics famously flexible on God. <laughs> Um, I love this. I, I, I think I like it even better than there is like a one man show, um, about the horror of scheduling that, <laughs> that could come out of this that would speak to me. But I think sort of the thick of it, unattended consequence, like rolling catastrophe story. I can get into that. I can get into that. And I mean, I think that like somewhere in there, there is the 10 minute montage where he and one of the priests are trying to hit like 22 different appointments in one day and kind of, you know, like the harried, um, you know, montage of like they go into a house, they do it, like leave, get in the subway, go across town, mm -hmm. get another house. They got to take a bus, taxi, this, like, you know, boom, bring, 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 bring. and by the end of it, they're just exhausted so who are the are the other characters we've got we've got our sort of administrative um uh father um mm -hmm. and we have probably a few like young exorcists um yeah. who are being stretched far too thin um yeah. i feel like we need to sort of firm up like the the powers that be in the church and also you know is it just like is there just a rolling catastrophe of possessions or is there like a demon that's in the city that's like set up shop or something? Well, you know, with the pandemic, everybody's at home. Ghosts don't have the kind of, you know, alone time they used to have. <laughs> people would go to work. And so, you know, just like one thing leads to another. It's just only natural that you'd get more possessions. Right, right, right. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Three minutes, by the way. I would also suggest that this is happening, like, say, in a city or a town somewhere. Uh, like, it's not like we I don't think we could track this if it was happening on like a global level. Right. No, then it's a um, pandemic movie I, I, with the like centered yeah. at the Vatican. Yeah. Versus yeah, yeah, yeah. like a little bit more of I'm just trying to think like what's a good pull for catastrophe going down a specific place yeah i mean it's like it's a little like salem's lot or kind of those like yeah you know like zombie invasion movies that are happening like in one town yeah but yeah but i think that kind of like there's an element of 
these are the people in charge of the spiritual guidance, at least in the eyes of the Catholic of this town. Mm -hmm. They, you know, like for whatever reason, the number of like the demand for exorcism starts like really ticking up. And I think that they're they send a letter to home offices and home offices is like, figure it out. Can't brilliant guys like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, come on, like you get it done. That's your job. Um, isn't that way it is a little bit of kind of like, OK, so like the chain of command stops with them. Like, you know, mm -hmm. the upper management has kind of said, like, we trust you. Don't fuck it up. Do whatever you need to do. And so then that may be sort of when they kind of are like, well, there was that like, you know, Anglican minister that was traveling through town. Could is, Has he left? Could we just like snag him on his way out of the hotel and just ask him to come do a quick dozen exorcisms? Because that would sure like be helpful. Will eventually turn into not the A-team, but the God Squad. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have like... Banff exorcists from every faith in town working together. Wow. Um, it's really, being, truly yeah. an uh, interfaith Charlie's Angels, if you will. <laughs> well, and you know what you call it. You call it the Amen. Yes, oh, absolutely. fuck. <laughs> that is a shamelessly stolen joke that I've seen all over the internet for a variety of different things. I cannot take any amount of credit for it, but it is always funny. Well, you have 20 seconds. Anything else you want to proposed for this besides its incredible title? That's a really great question. I'm trying to think about like who would be a good set upon priest and organizer for this. Like what's a good like comedic duo? Um, this is like if we were making this movie in like the 60s, um, Jack Lemmon would for sure be involved. Um, I mean, Andrew Scott and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Ooh, ooh, boom, <laughs> done and done. So, so sold. Uh, that's it. That's time. Damn. Wow. I'm so curious about what is actually causing this rash of people wanting exorcisms. I mean, like, I definitely feel like my spiritual needs are out of alignment after the past two years. But yeah. Yeah, there's there's nothing on sort of the root causes of it. It's just kind of a study of, of the practitioners, uh, which mm -hmm. is interesting. Um, and yeah, I could I just I, I believe that that more people are a little bit um, susceptible to both psychic breaks and um, spiritual unrest. Uh, but yeah, there's no there's no um, screw tape or wormwood who's fingered in all of this. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. What they don't write about is the stagnation in wages of these priests. So really, is it a labor shortage? Ah. Or does the Catholic Church need to pony up if they I mean, want to secure our souls? The Catholic Church does have, does have a labor shortage problem, but Italy, I think, is usually okay. I think so, yeah. So it's it's interesting that this is happening in Italy. Yeah, if I remember correctly, a little while ago, there was like a big to-do because people just like were no longer becoming ordained priests in Ireland. And it was like, Ireland, when they're having this problem, that's really bad. Instead, they make really awesome movies about priests in Ireland. Mm -hmm. That's what they've switched to. <laughs> That's the new export. And I'm I'm very happy for Brendan Gleeson's career. That's all. We are going to uh, go say some Hail Marys and uh, oh, yeah. uh, defend our own souls um, and try and come back right after this without possession.
Hello there, Zach Valenti jumping into this episode with this brief reminder that we have an active Patreon page to support the production of No Bad Ideas and all the other crazy worlds we're building behind the scenes. To check that out, scope the sweet rewards we offer for monthly subscriptions, as well as how to sign up yourself. Head on over to NoBadIdeasPodcast.com slash support. Once more, that's NoBadIdeasPodcast.com slash support. If you already support the show, we so appreciate that. And regardless, thank you for listening. All right, let's get back to more No Bad Ideas. All right, welcome back, everybody. We have a new idea brought to you by yours truly from one of our favorite, and I think it's been a minute, NPR.org. Mm-hmm. We had some trouble hiring our priests in the last idea, but for the companies out there that want to lay off workers more smoothly, well, thanks to reporter Greg Rosalski, we're going to learn about the startup for that, making that easier. Okay. Oh, no. oh, yeah. You might have heard about the fintech company Klarna, whose CEO recently played a pre recorded video at an all staff meeting to tell his employees that many of them were about to be laid off. The company then made them wait for up to two days in oh, agonizing no. suspense to I find out not. whether they were the ones getting axed. Yep. Delivering the bad news with a boilerplate script as if they were robots, Klarna's HR execs ended up sacking about 700 workers, 10% of its workforce, via video calls. The calls lasted two to three minutes, and no questions were allowed. Ouch. Not editorial, that is text of the article. Or how about better.com, a tech mortgage company whose CEO laid off hundreds of employees in a single Zoom call and then decided to kick them when they were down, accusing them of quote unquote stealing from the company by not being productive enough. A few months later, in a second round of layoffs, the company accidentally sent soon to be terminated workers severance checks. The problem. They hadn't been told they were laid off. Yikes. Wow. Sacking stories like this seem to be everywhere these days as the tech industry grapples with nosediving valuations, stingier venture capital, and an economic slowdown. Big names like Tesla, Microsoft, Netflix, Coinbase, Lyft, and Twitter are cutting workers loose. Meta, a.k.a. Facebook, recently signaled it's gearing up for layoffs. Quote, if a direct report is coasting or is a low performer, they are not who we need. They are failing this company, an executive told managers in a leaked memo. Low performers at Facebook may soon find themselves coasting to the unemployment line. Similar tech companies, which are struggling to raise money and woo investors, are getting hit even harder than the big dogs. According to layoffs.fyi, which is a bad idea unto itself, <laughs> tracks terminations, 387 startups have laid off over 56,000 employees in 2022. But there's at least one startup that is thriving in the market oh, turmoil. Boy. And it's sort of the perfect metaphor for the current state of tech. 
The company is called Continuum, and it's cashing in on Layoff Palooza. Hmm. Quote, we were not thinking about creating a layoff product when we were founding the company, says Nolan Church, Continuum CEO. But now, if you're a startup that wants to lay off workers, this new startup can help you with that. And it's just convinced a group of venture capital firms to fork over $12 million in new funding, which is pretty impressive in the current market environment. Church describes Continuum as a, quote, labor marketplace for fractional executives. What are fractional executives, you ask? That's tech speak for part-time consultants. They got a new word for everything. I hate it. Bad idea. Hey, yeah. Bad idea. Uh, the company, which Church co-founded in August 2020, aims to connect startups with seasoned executives who work a few hours here and there providing advice. His pitch, why spend millions That's a recruiting? Guys. You, you, you invented an old thing. You invented a thing we already have. Yeah, yeah but, it, but it's got like an Uber interface now. You, you see? Innovation. It, it, uh, disruption. This guy's pitch. Why spend millions recruiting and employing executives full-time when you can spend only thousands employing them part-time? Continuum is basically TaskRabbit, but for high-paid executives. Whereas with TaskRabbit, you can hire gig workers to, say, assemble furniture, repair your home. With Continuum, you can hire gig executives to consult your business, including now how to more smoothly, strategically, and quote-unquote humanely lay off workers. Quote, what ended up happening was in about March and April of this year, we had three or four customers that were already engaged with executives, leveraging those executives for layoff advice. Church explains about his company's recent shift to focusing on layoffs. Then we started to see companies coming inbound, asking for more layoff advice. Wasn't this vaguely what that Up in the Air movie was about? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what that movie's Jeez. about. Yep. Yeah. Yep, but he worked full-time for that company. Right, right. He was not an independent contractor yeah. who will later be uh, advocating for the unions that uh, they strategically <laughs> fought against in their gig capacity. Ugh. Uh, Continuum charges a flat fee for layoff consulting services, and the fee escalates with headcount for companies with up to 100 employees. It costs $10,000. For those with between 100 and 250 employees, it's $15,000. For those with 250 to 500, it costs $20,000, etc. If a company has more than 500 employees, Continuum's layoff services can cost more. For this fee, Continuum offers 10 hours of advising from, quote, elite executive advisors, a plan to communicate layoffs with to um, employees and the broader world, and an analysis to help with diversity, equity, and inclusion goals, because inclusion doesn't Great. stop of course. at inclusion. It now needs to include exclusion. Right. We want to make sure that we are balancing the people that we're firing. Right. Ugh. Uh, there's more to this article. Um, the, they launched the layoff product line earlier this month, and Church says they've already had 12 prospective customers in addition to six existing ones. So I, I think you get sort of the gist of the idea, um, and there's not much more here to dig a deeper grave than we already have. Um, so you kind of get it. We're, we have uh, Fiverr for yeah. corporate 
uh, bloodletting. <laughs> and uh, with that, I'm going to put 10 minutes on the clock and hope to God that you can uh, turn this shit nugget into story gold. Hmm. I mean, the only thing I find comforting is that the the fracturing of our society is coming for for people with money and and executives, not the people at the top. They still suffer no consequences. But right, like, right. You know, now consultants are feeling the hit. Yeah. No, I mean that is you know. Um... I think that that does soften the blow a little bit. That is a spoonful of sugar for this bitter, bitter, bitter. It's not even medicine. It's just a horrible thing we need to swallow. I'm not sure how to tackle this, Sarah, because, yeah, like, you know, Up in the Air is there. And that is already kind of a movie about somebody depersonalizing the firing experience. Um, Like, you know, we could talk about it as a two-person play that is just Mm. like one person that has been brought in to fire the other person and the entire play is just their conversation. Um, I think that may require us being like a little David Mamet in order to really pull that off. I think what's what's occurring in my brain is that this advice, such as it is, is probably pretty boilerplate as well, because the yeah. advantage of having a full-time executive that's immersed in your company's culture is that they can craft they things. They know that you. Are, they, yeah, yeah. they can tailor things to your actual needs. Yeah, as opposed to just spending like two hours with you on the phone and then coming up with something. But I wonder if like in sort of a everything everywhere all at once way, someone who has just been fired so many times is like always the first one to go um Mm -hmm. ends up finding new life as like a layoff consultant i think that would that would be an interesting story or hmm there is something Uh, i think that that is the actual yeah there is something charming and sort of i was gonna say there is something charming and like uh reminiscent of sorry to bother you in that i like it yeah the thing that I don't know that, that would be interesting, I'm, I'm not sure how to structure this or if it's too far from the base idea, mm. but you know, but like if there is someone that is constantly getting fired, just like has the worst luck, he, you know, goes to work for big, successful companies. And he's competent, we should say, like a baseline of, of, of competency, but just kind of a sad sack. Yeah. And just like someone that is like followed by a dark cloud over their head of indeed, bad indeed. luck. Um is it something where, you know, he eventually realizes that he can make money by, say, offering a service where, hey, you know, company A and company B are business rivals. All right, company B, pay me X amount of money and I will get a job at company A. And I will then, you know, like cause its downfall with my like infected bad luck. Um, oh, interesting. I don't know. It's a little bit like um, it's like. um. What's that movie with William H. Macy? Uh, the Cooler. Do you guys ever see that? Oh, yeah. I've seen the posters, um, but I've never seen the movie. And it would itself. be William H. We are describing a, the, a character played by William H. By Macy. William H. Macy, for yeah. Sure. You're completely right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, like, um, I feel like it would have to be kind of a more magical, realist world that someone who has been cursed then makes their living like bringing the curse the curse to other people and actually is is doing quite all right it's just mm-hmm. like whatever venture they join fails yeah 
All right, so let's uh, let's ditch that and go back to he becomes a being laid off consultant. I think that that is more grounded and I think a little bit closer to the base idea. So let's kind of like stick with that. And I think it has to be like him striking out on his own to do this, like a very small shop. I don't think mm -hmm. um, he's got he's got venture funding. Um, and so it's a it, it's a question of um, this person who people feel confident in writing off then has to develop confidence to go out and get clients um, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So is it kind of like a Jerry Maguire type thing where success for him means getting someone else to be really successful or something like that? You know, it's kind of a like, I'm a perpetual loser. I'm not going to win. But if I can get Margaret over there, who has always dreamed of working at Schmoogle to get hired at Schmoogle, then like I will have felt like I'd made a difference in this earth sort of an arc. I don't think it can be because like success for him means laying lots of people off. Oh, but like, hang on a second. But is he a counselor for the people that are getting laid off or is he a counselor for the people doing the laying off? In my head, it was doing the laying off. But I uh, gotcha. Gotcha. But, I was thinking the other way around. No, let's go with that. Let's no, think with no, that. No, no, I, I, let's let's think about it for a second, because because then like he's he's becoming a, a life coach for people to rebound from uh, from firings. And it that feels very um, that arc is very clear. Uh, uh -huh. of just like, you know, I've got sort of um, William H. Macy has three clients played by like J.K. Simmons and Janet McTeer and somebody else, Judy Green. Mm -hmm. um, and like if he can help them get their lives back on track, then, then he'll have succeeded. I think absolutely. If it's the other way around, I think weirdly it's the same thing of like he has to kind of do the George Clooney magic of like firing people in such a way that they're finding their true passions and what they're in, you know setting them on a path that is in fact better for them this is an opportunity it's the opportunity you've been waiting for for so long actually yeah exactly um and then you know in 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 that case could that that's the two man play is like mm -hmm. um a firing that is actually like a, a life coaching session. Right, um, right. But I think I think you're the 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 sort of reverse of like a layoff consultant. Um you know for like for the you, laid off. For the laid off. And like and in, in kind of like I think it, it has to because the, the the problem there is someone is laid off, they they now don't have a source of income. It's like you'll give me like one percent of your neck like your income yeah. at your next job kind of a thing. Yeah. Of course there's the version of this where it's almost where, you know, it's he's not played by William H. Macy anymore. He's played by um is it um main character in drive, Ryan Reynolds? Gosling, Gosling. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, thank you, thank Ryans. you, thank you. Yes. Um, if he's the version of it where he's played by Ryan Gosling, it's kind of a like, you know, no, you tell me what job you want. I will use my like Danny Ocean style, like, you know, con man ability to get you that job. Mm -hmm. But then I get 40% of your paycheck for the rest of for however long mm. you're there. Like I can install you. I can get you in the door. I can, you know, tip the scales in your favor. I can get you the job. But if I get you the job, then like that paycheck is coming my way. And maybe 40 is prohibitively high, but like, you know, like 20%. 20. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. I would I would watch that if it's John C. Riley doing it, not Ryan Gosling. Hmm. 
Interesting. You know, I think that like I love that pick. Uh, my, one minute on the clock, everybody. Okay, thank you. Okay, yeah, because I think that like um, then then it's just like a Danny Ocean sort of smooth operator, and we're not mm-hmm. really uh, dealing with like the layoff of it all. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Like, but but I actually quite like that pick too, Sarah. Yeah, of kind of like someone that has kind of both like that like brute force charisma, but also a little bit of a like, yeah, you can play sad sack. You can. I do believe that you spent twenty years kind of getting kicked around before you figured out this model. Right. Um. And yeah. What is he hasn't done a ton recently? John C. Riley, go be in more things. Been a while since that Laurel and Hardy movie. Yeah. Um. And I don't know what the title is, uh, like fired parenthesis up. I don't know. Like um, fired up isn't bad. I think like. Yeah, because like you got fired, but then this guy made your career go up. So, you know, something like pink slip, jokes are funnier green when slip. you explain them. Yeah, and with jo- that, jokes are for sure funnier when you explain them. <laughs> That's time. OK, well, oh boy. the title is we'll we'll we'll, we'll mull on it. We'll think about yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I am quite pleased I, with where we have landed from this base idea Holy God, what a nightmare. I like that we, like, ran away from the, you know, whatchamacallit, the... Um, the software platform that helps yeah, you... Basically, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. We were kind of like, how can we make this about people connecting? Right, that's like, let's let's outsource expertise and chop it up. Let's not. Let's not and say we did, guys. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This has been No Bad Ideas, produced by Gabrielle Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Many thanks to our patrons for their partnership in making this show happen. And a special shout out to our idealist members, Jennifer Schneider, Rena Sarame, Jeffrey Felsher, and Dia. Today's episode features music by Statesher and Jazar from freemusicarchive.org. You can support the show at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. And if you love this show, please leave a rating or review wherever you listen and share it with someone you love.